Hey everybody, this is Ian Reed Twist, the pastor at Holy Cross Episcopal Church in Novi, Michigan. Today's sermon was preached on the Sunday before Christmas, the fourth Sunday of Advent. It's titled Ode to an Ordinary Joe. And the gospel passage it's based on is Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us very much about Joseph, and most of what we do know comes from the short passage we just heard today. Maybe righteousness was a thing with Joseph. Maybe it was his thing. You know how some guys have a thing? Muscle cars, for example, or an incredible golf swing, or knowing everything there is to know about the recording history of Motown Records, or making the meanest, hottest chili in the county. Maybe righteousness was Joseph's thing, his identity, the psychological coat rack on which the rest of his personality hung. Not the kind of righteousness that made him insufferable, necessarily. Not a righteousness, you know, that he went around trumpeting. But just a quality he was known for and was quietly trying to cultivate. He gave generously, decided disputes fairly, observed the law, and functioned as an example to others. As a righteous male in his time and place, he was planning to marry a righteous woman, Mary. He was going to treat her well, be fruitful with her, and provide for and discipline their children in all the ways that his society told him that he should. It was not a remarkable goal, maybe, but it was still something Joseph would be proud to achieve. And then Joseph's plans started heading south. To begin with, Mary shows up pregnant and not, it would seem, by Joseph. Whoops, now what? What does a righteous man do? Well, he doesn't marry her, that's for sure. Not in that time and place, too much dishonor. But on the other hand, he doesn't humiliate her either. She's gonna have enough problems as it is when all of this comes to light. A righteous man in this situation exercises the merciful option, which is not to insist on a public hearing or any of that business, but you know, just to dismiss her quietly, preserving as much honor and dignity as possible. So that's what Joseph decides to do. That's what he understands righteousness to mean. But then God shows up with other ideas as God so often does. And I think the language is so telling here. God's messenger says to Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary for your wife. Why afraid? Because unlike dismissing her quietly, marrying a pregnant woman risks his reputation. He's agreeing to raise some other person's child. And he might get laughed at. Do not be afraid 
to take Mary for your wife. This is such an important moment, I think, because this is the moment when God blows right through Joseph's safe and comfortable notion of righteousness. God is stretching Joseph, testing him. It's as if God were saying, oh, you think you're righteous? Righteous is so much bigger than you believe. It includes people who barely register on your radar. It will ask more of you than you can possibly anticipate. Righteous is radical and rule-breaking and risky and deeply alive. And here's where Joseph's quiet heroism emerges. Joseph says yes. Just like Mary says yes to becoming Jesus' mother, Joseph says yes to this challenging, expanding, mind-blowing new notion of what is righteous. How did he feel about this adoptive arrangement? What bitter social winds did Joseph face into? And what troubles did he encounter for his choices? The Bible doesn't say. All we know is that God shows Joseph a radically new meaning of righteous. And Joseph recognizes that he can go with the program or become a cad. And being a cad, that's not Joseph's thing. He may not be special in the way that Mary and John the Baptist are, but he also doesn't insist on taking up more room than the story needs from him. So in a way, it's Joseph's relative silence in this text that may pay him the greatest tribute. It's the fact that he does not throw a tantrum or bust somebody's jaw or mansplain all over the place or howl to God about his fate. He knows he's an ordinary man. A footnote, really, in the story of Jesus' birth, as most fathers are in the births of their, even their biological children. But in his own quiet way, Joseph submits to God's plan, adopting the child and welcoming the mother. In his own quiet way, Joseph adjusts to this new idea of righteousness, which is totally beyond anything he's imagined before. In his own quiet way, Joseph allows himself to be transformed by this encounter with God. And so I just want to leave us all with a question today. If God were to come to you or me in this way, if God were to take our idea of living a pretty good Christian life and expand it almost beyond recognition, what might God challenge us to do or to be? How might God's kingdom be bigger than we thought possible? Include people we didn't imagine might be included. Ask a greater commitment of us than had previously been considered. And when it came time to make a decision, when it came down to the yes or the no, what would we say? What will we say? Amen.
Okay, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to this week's sermon. And if you want more information about me or the church, you can always go to our website, Holy Cross Novi, that's N-O-V-I dot org. And in the meantime, have a blessed week, and you can find more sermons as we publish them in the same place you found this one. Take care.